What's up, guys? It's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. This week, to celebrate the 100th episode of the Rewatchables podcast, Quentin Tarantino returns for the third and final movie in his three-part series with us. In the final episode, Bill Simmons and Sean Fennessy discuss with Quentin one of his favorite movies, the 1990 crime thriller King of New York. Make sure to check out this special episode and follow at the Rewatchables on Twitter for highlights of all 100 episodes. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here, along with Peel producer Jim Cunningham. What's happening, Jim? Not much, Sal. How you doing? Jim told me before the show, he said, don't talk to me too much. I had emergency dental surgery yesterday. Yeah, it was great. A lot of what fun. Happened? If you've ever done that. I'm not, I, I won't ask you too much. Infection with a broken tooth into my jaw. It was horrifying. It felt like my teeth were trying to escape. My teeth and jaw were trying oh. to escape my face. It was really fun yesterday. Wow. Good times. All right, you said you didn't want to talk. You already said more than you've ever spoken on well, this podcast. Well, I'm but, hopped uh, up on meds. So. <laughs> All right. I was worried that uh, maybe it was just an excuse uh, for you to not give another $2 million pick. You gave one. I think you had the longest touchdown over. I don't know what the over half, was, but it was only a 52-yard. It was the longest in the LSU Clemson game. I'm sorry to say that was a loser. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. You don't care. You don't care too much. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's money. Right. Listen, it's just money. what matters is I was 4-0. Uh, I avoided losing too much money. I didn't have the Ravens. We're going to talk to everybody later about this, but I had money line parlays, but didn't have the Ravens on too much. I bounced back. Green Bay. Um, the next day, Kansas City. Lucky, lucky, lucky. Crazy comeback. So I made some money. Um, so I'm going to be excited for this hour. Only three games left. Very, very sad. Coming on, though, to promote the big pay-per-view fight between Conor McGregor and Cowboy Donald Cerrone. That's a good one. President of the UFC, Dana White. Very excited to have him on. He hasn't even come on Simmons' show yet. Did you hear that, Hale Producer? Yeah, I did. Simmons was a little little miffed, but <laughs> what are you going to do? The guy has taste. Uh, I'm going to run a few props by him, see if we can make some money. Poor guy's hurting for cash. Not everyone can go 4-0. Uh, yes, UFC. And then before that, we're going to go over conference championship games, best bets. We're going to take a ride on Captain Morgan's Riverboat Casino. That's make-believe with my gurus of gambling, my wizards of wagering, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? What's going on, buddy? Well, we're going to start, uh, like I said, 4-0. Excited after an 0-4 week. Very, very bad. Um, we're going to deal with Harry first. A very humble Harry, I think. You heard him on the podcast last week. He took Minnesota. He took Clemson. Or maybe you didn't hear him. He he's sounded like shit the last two weeks in a row. Not a, not a cold or a flu. <laughs> he hasn't been able to hook up his recorder. The ringer was good enough to buy us all recorders. Everyone sounds good. Sounds like an actual podcast. But Harry hasn't been able to hook it up. And as far as I know, it wasn't able to do it. We won't, I won't know until we listen back. Right, Harry? You feel confident you were able to pull it off? Barely, but I will say that I am sick now, so I do have an excuse. <laughs> uh, you see, now, this is, this is what's funny. Now, maybe this will come out fine with the recording, but I, cannot, I can't hear him at all. All right, Harry, can you adjust something? Can you go on the house phone or something? Uh, anything? Yeah, I'm on the Three house phone. Oh, now you're on the house phone. Okay. All right, good. All right, so Harry, I was telling everybody, I don't know if you could hear me, but you had Minnesota, you had Clemson. Uh, wasn't a good week for you, right? No, it wasn't good. I mean, like uh, the the Vikings, after what they did to the, the Saints, I mean, they played like they were happy with just that one win versus the Saints and then said, here you go, San Francisco. We're just going to continue to run up the middle for zero yards. Dalvin Cook, nine carries, 18 yards, didn't get anything, but we'll keep running up the middle for none. We'll take uh, sacks when at least we can throw the ball down the field and just pass to our third string tight end when we're down 17 points for two yards. I mean, honestly, uh, good luck to Cleveland with uh, the hiring of Stefanski after one of the worst offensive play calling performances in playoff history. And then he gets the head coaching job at Cleveland. Good luck. All right. And then you had Clemson, too, right? That didn't work out. Yeah, but, you know, Clemson, I, I, was, I text Brian like, you know, Clemson made it 28-25 when they made the two-point conversion in the second half. And then held LSU, just had, if we could score right then and there, then we were definitely got a shot at the game. 
can't let the mojo get killed. Lawrence goes three and out and then passes all game were terrible. He was so high and off to the side. And then it got away from us after that. Didn't get lucky with that uh, touchdown that was called pass interference, which was crap. And uh, mm. and the targeting, which was also garbage. But um, yeah, very Clemson, strange no good game. I'll let you very just weird. Much, just too like, much better. Like I said, that had gone from like Clemson uh, minus one to Clemson plus six. If you went by the uh, hypothetical lines before the semifinals, mm. LSU looked like crap in the beginning. It looked like uh, Clemson was going to dictate the pace at least. And then they just they caught fire. They really can only cut. Sal, did you think though? Did you think when you saw the line right before game time to go to like four? Did you were you like just like um LSU's winning this? LSU's yeah, winning I I, I, I like just I, I trusted enough people that thought LSU. I did have a little brother Brian and I. We sprinkled a little on uh, Lawrence to have the first touchdown and Burrow to have the first touchdown rushing. Of course, that paid twelve to one for Lawrence. And I I had a little on Clemson. I'm sorry, LSU to win by fourteen to seventeen. So that was nine to one. But Bri, you went, you went college. When you go college, you go big or small as a bit. Your best bet, you're the only one to hit with your best bet, North Dakota State, right? Oh, yes. North Dakota State uh, against JMU. Uh, that was a great game. Actually, it was getting a little dicey at the end there, but I was confident. Uh, you know, it was just a weird, it was a weird spread. They, I got them at plus one and a half and ended up going off. Uh, they were minus one and a half or minus two a game time. Uh, I liked them all week. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I still don't know why JMU was favored in that game. It, it, it baffled me, but uh, that, was a, that was a nice... I mean, not that it was easy. It was a little scary at the end, but I was never like, I'm definitely going to... I never thought I was going to lose it. You know what you never do lose? The touchdown, the shortest touchdown over under yes. one and a half yards, whether it's college or pro. I know it works better in pro. I think you have stats for that, but it's been remarkable, uh, especially in the divisional round. Well, you could break it down. You had the numbers for us. Yeah, uh, so good. So... It went 4-0 this week under one and a half shortest touchdown. It's been great for me. That actually, I had a really good week, and it was really because of that. Uh, I do get a little mad. They used to have the under one and a half shortest touchdown in the college game, but I can't seem to find it anywhere anymore. Uh, That would hit if you could find that anywhere. But so looking at the under one and a half shortest touchdown, last eight years, it's 60 and 25. Wow. Uh, But in divisional play, it's 25 and 7. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really amazing. So I think in the wild card round, it struggled a little bit, but 25 and seven. Uh, and that's really with, we haven't even had like a pass interference in the end zone. So right. all these are, yeah, it's kind of just a little lucky that guys are getting tackled at the one, but there's been multiple opportunities in every game uh, at the one. So I'm just going to continue to uh, keep riding it, keep playing it. I'll probably have some more on it later, but uh, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. This is a bet. It pays a little less than even odds. It's always one and a half yards. So you get to the one, as Brian says, if it's a pass interference, you get it at the one. In, in college, you don't necessarily get it at the one in a pass interference, but that's why it's a little different. But in the pros, it has been hit. I mean, you win in the second quarter. It doesn't matter. Guys are running and getting tackled at the one. It's really, really a great bet. Even odds. Take a look at it. Uh, over on their shortest touchdowns, one and a half yards. Uh Heel producer Jim, you went the other way. Another one we like, longest touchdown over. Didn't come through in the uh, college game. Now, Parlay Kid, you like so many others. I had a little on this. What'd you have? 49ers, Chiefs, Ravens. Was that yeah. the money line parlay? Yes, Sal. That was my even money line parlay. Uh, you know, when you run the risk of these parlays, is let's face it, uh, disappointing, disappointing, but. Um, I thought I had a pretty good weekend overall. I think a couple of weeks ago, uh, before the this college football playoff started, I said uh, LSU oh, yeah. plus one thirty to win the whole thing was was great value, and uh, and I think I've been saying since week ten at, on several of the podcasts, um, Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. I've been predicting it for most of the season. There's still a little bit of ways from that, but um, it really is lined up pretty well for those two teams right now. So disappointed in the Ravens. Um, kind of an ugly game uh, by them the other day, and uh, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I lost. But getting, if I can make a point about Brian's again, Brian's been more unlucky to lose that one and a half, uh, under one and a half, uh, the ones times he's lost because he's had several times in his losses where he, the guy they'll have a ball on like the right. one-yard line and the guy loses f- four or five yards on the very next play. So he's almost... That almost could be – it's almost foolproof at this point right now, I feel like, his bet. And uh, mm-hmm. and in terms of Harry's, Sal, 
Did Harry not watch Green Bay yeah. play Minnesota like two or three weeks ago when Minnesota could not move the ball? Now he's acting like as if Minnesota, what happened to Minnesota's offense? I mean, this we've seen this. Dalvin Cook didn't play that again. game. That was no surprise. He had to the Harry game. has to. He had Minnesota all the way through. He was in love with Kirk Cousins. Everything you like that, yes. you know, to yes. write up Harry's yes. alley. But yeah. I, I hated I, I knew that, that on team Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't like that. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what else you hated, Harry? Our first touchdown pool. This is how we do it. We we put up uh, before the playoffs two hundred <laughs> fake dollars. Um, the four of us are in this. We have to bet ten fake dollars per playoff game. A minimum of five dollars per player. You pick whoever's going to score the first touchdown in a given game. So uh, heading into this divisional round, Brian and I had Brian. Who did we win with? Uh, we won with Al. We won with Allen, uh, and then you also had. Uh, who did you have? You had we Kamara. had Josh Allen. You had, from yeah, Buffalo. Josh Allen. You had Kamara. So you had like a hundred. Uh, you had a hundred uh, points. I had. 60 points, everybody else at zero. So now we say points, but you know what we really mean when we say points. (laughs) But now, so the way it works is everybody has to pay the winner whatever they have. And it's not the difference between first and second. So I now, here's what happened this last week. Uh, Kendrick Bourne scores the first touchdown for uh, the 49ers, right? Is that how it worked? Was that the first game? Yeah. Yep. So nobody had that. You're not going to believe that. Nobody had that. Janu Smith scores the first touchdown for the uh, Titans. Nobody has him. So we're at Saturday. All of a sudden, this is not an exciting pool. Sunday, Kenny Stills scores. Um, Nobody has Kenny Stills for uh, in in that game for the the Texans. Harry had them the wrong week. He had Kenny Stills. And then I pull out Devontae Adams. I only had $5 on him at, what, plus $550. So now I have $127.50. Brian has 60. Harry, Harry and the Parley Kid have zero going into the uh, last two rounds here. Harry, explain yourself here. Are you going to participate? I know. I mean, uh, last year I was rolling with Sony Michelle. Was, he hit me uh, like two or three times, and uh, and I, I, had, I think I had $252 at the end of the uh, contest was over. I got to, I don't know. I got to figure something out here. This is bad. I'm not even close. I, mean, right. I had 30 gonna- on Dalvin Cook. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, you put a lot of money. Oh, you put all your money on Derrick Henry, right? You put like $30 on him or something. No, I put 30 on Cook. Oh, was it Cook? Oh, that's who it was. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't come within 10, 15 yards of the end zone, I don't think. (laughs) All right. So uh, a lot of it's luck, as uh, as I just (laughs) laid out. But uh, luck's been on my side with this first touchdown pool. It's a fun thing to do. Let's go over the conference championship games. Uh, The first one, Sunday, Tennessee at Kansas City. Yes, that's right. I said Tennessee. Seven and a half is the spread. Chiefs are favored at home. 52 and a half is the over under. I want to thank Patrick Mahomes for saving football, at least temporarily for a couple weeks. Um, mm-hmm. CBS was really looking at Texans Titans <laughs> for an AFC championship game. Poor Tony Romo. If he was thinking about bailing out, you know, it might he might have done it a, a week or two early with the Texans Titans. My God, we saw that we saw the Texans at home already against Buffalo. I don't I just don't like the aesthetics of it. Just doesn't look like a conference championship game. That would have been bad. But Mahomes does his thing. They go down 24-0. He comes back, goes on a 51-7 run. Uh, God bless you, Patrick Mahomes. You saved the giant man in the blue jacket. Really needs to go down to the practice, one of the practices, and induct him right now. Uh, They lost 35-32 the first game back after a knee injury for Mahomes. It still had a really good game, 446, three touchdowns. That was week 10. And you're up against this Titans team. Now, I don't think they're going to score 51, Kansas City, but I, Titans have allowed 12 and a half points average to Brady and Lamar. I don't think that's happening either. Uh, for those of you who like the Chiefs and like uh, the favorites this week, let me just say this. This is, this is going to blow your mind if you haven't heard it already. NFL postseason history, after scoring 50-plus points, that team is 1-6 straight up and 1-6 mm. against the spread, averaging 15 points a game. That's pretty scary. I don't think that's going to happen. Harry, I remember the Bills, right? The Bills beat the Chiefs and then went on and laid an egg against your Giants, right? That's definitely yeah, one of exactly, those games, yeah. right? That's what that was. But well, um, the, Ra- the Raiders that was, that was the one uh, time they killed. That was, Monta- oh, that was the Joe Raiders. Montana the, time, right? Yeah. The, Chiefs. the Raiders like, is the one that led 51 to 3 or whatever it was. That was the bad one, right. Um, I don't know if the Titans will score enough. I think they'll, you know, they'll stick around this game. Derrick Henry has 588 rushing yards in three games. It doesn't translate to points, but they're running the ball 70% of the time. 
I think they will be around, though, in the fourth quarter. And I'm taking the seven and a half. Brother Bri, what do you like? Uh, yeah, I like the seven and a half, too. I really like that stat uh, you just said. But it's funny. I For whatever reason, I never really loved Derrick Henry. I never thought he was that great. But just watching him these last few games, my God, he's he's really dominant. But is, is this just one of those teams of destiny right now with the Titans? I know you really hope they are not. Um, but it seems like, you know, could Tannehill be a little bit like Nick Foles at this point? But I think at this point, seven and a half seems like a lot, just the way that Brable's been coaching. I mean, it's just, he's been doing a magnificent job. And between him and Henry, I mean, they're seven and two against the spread in their last nine. Uh, in the in the Titans' last two games versus the Chiefs, which were both wins, Henry's averaged 171 yards. I think Titans will be able to control the ball enough here. And I think Tannehill, obviously you can't, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to stay in this game if Tannehill's thrown for 70 yards. But I think he's right. going to make enough plays uh, just to keep them in this game. And I think it's close. Uh, I think it's close. I mean, the last game was a little, was a weird game between these two. But uh, seven and a half just seems a, like a lot, especially based off of last week. You can't really, you can throw that game out, I think. Yeah. Over the last 20 years, here's another one for you. Underdogs of seven plus points in conference championship games, 10 and three against the spread, four and nine straight up. Parley kid, brother Brian brought it up. Uh, this Tannehill, we haven't seen anything. I've read about it. I think this is how quarterbacks used to play the position in the 70s. Um, can't break 90 yards in the last two playoff games. Hasn't had to. That big touchdown to put him up 14 <laughs> nothing was really all he had to do. But you don't expect a lot more uh, from that this week. No, um, one. Let me let me say something nice about Tannehill, though, because I, I mentioned this in a text this week. Uh, if you actually look at this guy's career, you, you go back and look. I, anybody can go back and look at his numbers with the Dolphins. He actually has, was a pretty solid quarterback all those years there. Um, it's uh, you know he, had, he, he was better than I thought he was, but these last two games left a lot to be desired from him in terms of. He hasn't had to do much. You, you're telling me he's not going to have to win this game for them at some point. The Chiefs are going to stack the box to stop Derrick Henry. They're going to make the Titans quarterback beat them. That's the bottom line in this game. That's what they're going to do. Henry will will be, you know, he'll he'll probably still get his 80, 90 yards, maybe even break one to get go over that. But they're going to make the quarterback, uh, Tannehill, beat him. And Mahomes, listen, we this guy is an all-time great. He's the best in the league right now. Uh, and I'm not even sure amongst the quarterbacks left here. And I know with all due respect to Aaron Rodgers, um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's really close right now with the quarterback play. Mahomes is fantastic. Titans will not be able to keep up with this offense. And look, the Ravens and Patriots, what kind of offensive weapons did they have? Really, really, what kind of weapons? Lamar Jackson, yes. Okay? But receiving-wise, what kind of receivers have they seen the last few weeks? Not yeah. much. Not much compared to what they're going to see this week. This Chiefs team is going to put on a show. Um, it's going to be cold. No wind, though. So Mahomes lights it up. Titans cannot keep up. Like Chiefs we said, Titans beat them early in the year, week 10. That was in Tennessee. Uh, they Tough to beat. Tough to beat a team and not only that, that's better than you twice. Not only Tough that, to beat it a was, team that's better than you. Uh, they suffered one of the worst playoff losses in franchise history a few years ago. I mean, this is kind of a legacy game for Andy Reid, right? I think Clay Travis, Clay Travis has been Absolutely. miserable to work with, big uh, Titans fan uh, on, uh, on Lock It In, said Andy Reid is 1-10 in 10 against the Titans' lifetime. I knew he was 0-4 in recent years, but mm. and that big Saturday game uh, when Mariota caught a touchdown pass a few years ago, that's got to be fresh in his mind, mm. which is why I like the Chiefs to win and, and the Tennessee to cover. Harry, you like the Titans to cover right. also. I, I like uh, Sal. I like you and Brian's uh, theory of uh, how this game's going to play out. Yeah, I do. And that game, uh, in 2017, that playoff game, remember, this is almost like deja vu. Kansas City was like seven and a half at home, um, rolling. They were up 18 points at halftime in that playoff game. Um, and the Titans shut them out and came back to win 22-21. Derrick Henry had a beat, had a big game that day, 158 yards and a touchdown, mm-hmm. similar to what they did two weeks ago against the Patriots. This defense is undeniable of what they've been able to do. They shut out the Patriots for the first time in Foxborough in the second half since 2016 
And Jacoby Brissett was a quarterback for the Patriots that day. Last week was amazing, too. Least points they've given up at home since uh, the least points Baltimore scored at home since week four against Pittsburgh in 2017. Lamar Jackson turnovers all over the place. Their defense is all over. Logan Ryan's got 19 tackles and a pick in the last two weeks. Kevin Byard last week, 11 yard, 11 turn uh, tackles, one pick. I mean, this team, again, this year in that game when they beat uh, the uh, Chiefs 35-32, Derrick Henry was awesome in that game too. And it's undeniable what he's done so far in these two playoff games. It's crazy. And Sal, you mentioned also, uh, and I understand, like, you're not going to be able to get it done really. I don't know how you could actually get it done if Tannehill doesn't pass for more yards. But, and you mentioned that too, Sal, the two games that he's play, played so far, 72 passing yards, 88 passing yards, um, the only teams to ever do that to win two playoff games in a season uh, that's done that were the 72-73 Dolphins and the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1974. Yeah. It's been 46 years, and all three of those teams won the Super Bowl. Right. So that's very interesting. Plus... The, pay, the, the, the the Titans are on the verge of doing something very historic. They, they, could, they may win four straight games on the road versus all division winners in the AFC. It's, it, this team is really unbelievable. It's, it, they don't even, in that game that they beat Kansas City this year, their high, the largest receiver had 52 yards on one catch. On one catch, uh, Khalif Raymond had. Ten, uh, the Chiefs had four players over that much. Um, Mahomes had 446 yards and three touchdowns. They still lost, so... I'm putting yeah. all my uh, putting all the eggs in one basket with uh, Derrick Henry here, and I think they get it done. And I think they cover. I think our researchers had to look back at the last time a team won four straight road games to end the season, and, and plus the Super Bowl, and it was like 1960 or something. Like it hasn't happened mm. forever. I'll say this about Derrick Henry: I, it kind of has to end soon, though, right? Doesn't it just 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 if you look you at think. history? Doesn't it yeah. just like you could get great odds for under 101 yards rushing for him? You get like plus 250, mm. plus 275. Like he could go 22 for 88 and still be effective. Can he at some point? I just, I don't know. Sal, I know, I don't even Sal, know, I know you mentioned before lately team. that Kansas City's yep. run defense has gotten a lot better and it has, but they're still at the end of the season. They were still 26th in rush, rush defense in the league. I know. I don't, I much better in the last eight weeks. I think like yeah, 88 right. yards, 88 yards over the last eight or nine weeks, uh, team totals against them. But, uh, I'm going to ask you just for a number, how many points do the Titans need to score? I'll ask each of you, just give me a number to win this game, Harry. To win or cover? To win. <laughs> Jesus. 33. 33. Brother Bry. Uh, I'd say 30. Parlay kid. Yeah, I, I would say. Yeah, I think it's, it's right in there. Sal. Right. Minimum. So, okay. So I think they're going to need 33, 34 to win and 27, 28 to cover. Yeah, right. Now they are averaging 27 over the last five. I don't know if you want to count that Texans game. That was a, a second string. Um, but it's, if you throw that out, they're averaging 24. It's going to be interesting. I don't see a blowout. I don't see the Chiefs scoring 51 again. If you look at DVOA, the Texans' defense and secondary is vastly different from the Titans and the uh, Patriots and the Ravens. So I see a good game. I say I actually think 27-23 is the final Titans cover. Game stays on their second game, NFC Sunday night-ish. Green Bay at San Francisco, 49ers, 7.5-point favorite. 45 is the over-under. Also a rematch from this year. Um, that was Niners' last, uh, sorry, Packers' last loss, 37-8. They came to California twice and got beat up twice, Green Bay did. Kittle had uh, 129 plus a touchdown. Now listen to this. Here's another crazy stat. Conference championship rematches. After losing the regular season game by 20-plus points, People want to believe that, oh, with Rocky Clubber Lang, the rematch, or Daniel LaRussa, he got beat up on the beach, and then he comes to the All-Valley Tournament. He doesn't even know the scoring system and beats Johnny Lawrence. No, that's the movies. Conference championship rematches after losing regular season game by 20 points. The team that lost the first time, 3-14 and 5-12 and and against the spread. Wow. So not a wow. great spot traditionally. And it would make sense, wouldn't it, Parlay Kid? It would make sense because... Maybe the matchup isn't good. Like physically, they might not match up against them, right? Uh, that's 100% correct, Sal. In this case, uh, I think that's what we're talking about here. You, you really, that, you're exactly right. It's, it's probably just there's certain matchups that just aren't good for certain teams. And 
Um, I'm thinking this is the case yeah. in this game. And so. you, so you like them minus the seven, seven and a half. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking the Packers. Uh, sorry, the 49ers in this game minus the seven and a half. Uh, kind of like with the Chiefs uh, as well. The 49ers just think have just many more weapons uh, at their disposal than do uh, the Packers. Um, well, you know that being said, we we know Rodgers is the a better quarterback in this matchup. And sometimes uh, that could swing things a little bit. I think Shanahan is the better coach uh, in this matchup. He seems to use, uh, you know, he's got this running back by committee, which is even more than by committee because every guy seems to touch the ball and every guy's effective and Kittle and Samuel and um, Sanders. There's just a lot of weapons to go around and they all get used. It really, every guy plays a role on that team. Uh, and, you know, the Pack's got their big three, right? Rodgers, Jones, and Adams. Um, and, and after that, it's it's uh, it's really nobody else. I think uh, the talent here stands out for the 49ers. They're at home. I think they win this. I think it's tight for a half, and they win it going away. Yeah, I agree with you. So. You got D. Ford and Quan Alexander in there. And when they're in there, points per game, points allowed 12 oh. versus 26 yep. normally. Uh, the yards per game is almost 90 go. off, really. You have four sacks to 2.3. I think they're obviously Packers great defensively. All these guys have ballers on, on both sides, on defensively, really fast. But I think the toughness for the 49ers, and here's something like Mark Schlereth came on today, said something, the culture of the locker room is one of a winning team. When you said Harry was laughing at the guy, that Akello Witherspoon, like fell flat on his face going out uh, to cover Stefan Diggs, Viking <laughs> score to tie it up. He gets benched, Witherspoon. What does he do? He goes to the coach. He goes to Shanahan. Uh, Mosley comes in for him, Emmanuel Mosley. He co- goes to Shanahan. He's like, give me his special team spot. Let me play Emmanuel Mosley's special team slot. I don't want him to get tired on defense. That's the kind of thing from a winning team. I kind of I like all of that stuff. Brother Bry, you don't like it as much as I do. Oh, I don't know. Now you guys are getting me thinking here. Uh, it's funny. It, this is a weird bet because, I, yeah, I like the Packers plus seven and a half, but it's it's funny because I said this to you guys, I don't know, yesterday that I'm probably going to, you know, tease the 49ers here probably down to like one or mm-hmm. one and a half. And I actually kind of like the 49ers to win the whole thing at like plus 175 or two to one, whatever you can get at. But the seven and a half, again, seems a little bit high to me. I would probably also maybe look at the Packers uh, plus in the first half as well. But I know you're throwing around some stats, some other stats here, like underdogs of a touchdown or more in the playoffs since 2003 have covered 59% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rodgers and the Packers are six and one, the last seven against the spread in January. They're four and one against the spread in the last five as road underdogs in January. I, it's just hard for me uh, to lay the seven and a half here with the 49ers um, against Rodgers especially after Rodgers had such a bad game the first time um, he's going home for this game. I, uh, I don't know. It, it was so dominant, but I do think the one thing is the Packers D line can definitely get some pressure on Garoppolo. So if they're not running the ball, you know, if they're running the ball, if they're just awesome running the ball this week, it's going to be tough to stop. But if they force Garoppolo to throw a lot, I think they're going to get a bunch of sacks. That's another thing I would probably look at in this game. Last game between these two, there was eight sacks. So I'd probably look, you know, over five and a half sacks for this one. But again, to me, I just, I would just be a little worried with Rod. I know this isn't a typical Rodgers year, but even in that Seattle game for that first half and when it counted and when they needed Rodgers, his ball was on the money for a lot of those throws. Yeah. So I think um, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, I think it's definitely going to be tight for a big part of this game. And, you know, I, there's a good chance, you know, this is similar to last week, I feel like. There's a good chance one of these teams, you know, we're expecting 49ers Chiefs, one of these teams is a good chance there'll be an upset somewhere in here. Or I think one is definitely covering. So uh, right. I like playing both underdogs this weekend. Yeah, and Rodgers, hats off to him. Well, first of all, I was asked today, like, who do you trust more, Rodgers or Garoppolo? Well, I, I trust Rodgers more. I mean, Garoppolo's going to throw three balls up, and one of them's probably going to be intercepted. It's, it's going to be like one of those things. But I also trust the Niners' toughness on defense. I trust Mostert. I trust Tevin Coleman, who had a breakout game. I think he had 105 yards rushing last week. That's what I think is going to win the game. And, uh, you know, they'll set up the pass through the run. Um, but Rodgers, perfect first half last week, 21-3 goes ahead 
down to the, making Seattle use their timeouts while while the Packers are inside the five. He did a perfect way. I kind of just think it's going to be turned around on him. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be too little, too late for uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers trying to come back. Harry, I think you agree with me, which scares me. I am. I'm, I'm agreeing with you and Big D. I definitely agree. I think it's about, like you said earlier, one of these matchups that just doesn't go good for Green Bay. In that first game, Rodgers had 104 yards passing. He was sacked five times in that game. You mentioned Kittle having a big game. Look, Sal, I think overall here, um, we saw a little dose last week of uh, from the Vikings game of what San Fran can do, what they did at the beginning of the season. They were so fast on Saturday. And I just think overall here, yeah, they're going to be able to run the ball. They're second in the league in rushing. Um, you, yeah, Coleman had, like you said, 105. He had two touchdowns. I think Mozart, too. Green Bay's just 23rd in the league versus the rush. Uh, and I also think that, you know, we didn't see a lot. They, they still won by 17 last week. And we there was 49 yards combined with five, five completions with Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle. They didn't, have, they didn't do anything, and Debo Samuels didn't do much either. And they still were able to dominate the way they were. Um, I think also... Green Bay was fortunate last week against Seattle that the play calling for the Seahawks was so awful in the first half, and uh, they fell behind by 18, and then they dug themselves back into the game at the end, but still it was a little bit too late. I think they've been fortunate all year, Green Bay has, um, by barely beating uh, Detroit twice. They beat Carolina and Washington at home barely. I think overall this is going to be another dominating game. I think they're going to be able to look. Garoppolo also, he only had to have he only had eleven completions last week. They didn't have Minnesota didn't made them do nothing. I think the defense for for San Francisco is going to be all over the field. Uh, Fred Warner's great, had one hundred and eighteen tackles. Bose is great too. Uh, I think this is a game where San Francisco scores 38, 41 points. I think they're all by twenty. All right, wow. I mean, I don't I don't think that bad. I think twenty seven thirteen. I would take the under in here and uh, the favorite. I think you could be okay with a teaser with both favorites, but I just I don't I don't trust this Titans team. I don't I don't know. I don't know what it is. I would take the points, but it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun conference finals. Uh either way, that brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the degenerate trifecta and I set sail tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events. Now, I was with Captain Morgan. I was with the captain, I was walking around, I said, He's like, what's going on with all this cheating, the cheating scandal with the Astros stealing signs? I don't know why. I think it's because I hate the, the Red Sox and the Patriots. I'm attributing this more to Alex Cora. This is a Red Sox thing. But obviously, the Astros are involved. Captain wanted us to hang odds on this. He said, what's the biggest sports cheating scandal you can remember? Is it the Red Sox-Astros steal signing, uh, sign stealing 3-1? to one? The Black Sox scandal, the whole team threw a World Series back in the 1919, 7-2 to odds. Tanya Harding paid someone or set up that uh, Nancy Kerrigan would get beaten over the knee with a pipe, 5-1. to Uh, Tiger Woods cheating on Elon, uh, Thanksgiving, 10-1 to odds, a little different kind of cheating. Or the field at 2-1. to Parlay Kid, biggest sports cheating scandal. Wow, yeah, this has been crazy these last few days. I, I really wanted to take this baseball thing, but <clears throat> I just feel like there's still a lot more to be said for this. There's still mm -hmm. a lot more to come out on this. So I'm kind of hesitating to take it before maybe we really get even more answers regarding it. But, so can you please give it to Bill? I mean, these Boston fans have had such a, they've had such a great run. Right. And there's so much to answer for. But I feel like they never really have to answer for it, right? I feel like they just shrug it off. They don't and care. Go, yeah, whatever, guys. It's whatever. It's kind of, it's kind of like David Ortiz, right? Ortiz was on the same list as A Rod for for using, and Ortiz just basically had to say, "No, nah, I never did it." And everybody goes, "Yeah, David never did it. No, he never did it. He was one of the biggest steroid users in that era." And we and we here in New York know that that he was so. It just seems like they just shrug it off and everybody moves on when it happens in Boston for some reason. Uh, so, but I'm going to take the field here because I'm going to take Lance Armstrong and that whole uh, doping and HGH scandal mm -hmm. with the Tour de France, Sal, um, because you're cheating in a bicycle race. How absurd is that? So let's take that uh, Lance Armstrong and uh, his French friends there, there and um, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, right. and take them here. That's a good one. That's a good field bet at two to one. Yeah, no, you're right with the baseball. I, I I know, but these Red Sox fans like, oh, baseball, everyone cheats in baseball. The steroids like, yeah, you the steroids thing. You guys got off easy with the steroid scandal, by the way, 25 years ago or 20 years ago, yes, whatever it is did. now. Uh, we, we could just add that to yeah. all the Boston. Uh, I, I don't understand how they. 
Yeah, we, the Mitchell we, we, Report. The Mitchell should suspend Report. all, all Boston to. pro sports. Sorry, Bruins. We, 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 we have to assume you did something bad, too. <laughs> Boston sports suspend until 2025. How about we do something like that? Um, Harry, what's your biggest sports cheating scandal? Yeah, there's a lot of good ones out there, guys. Obviously, uh, Parlay Kid's buddy, A-Royd, um, he lied to all of us. He liked to lie to. He even lied to Katie Couric on national television. But uh, I'm going to go with maybe, maybe my <laughs> idol, NBA referee Tom Tim Donahue. Oh, the biggest I had that scandal too. in the NBA. In 2007, he had the ultimate power, guys. The ultimate power in fixing NBA games, the sport I have always said was fixed. And people said I was nuts, no way. And then it's proved, proven that it was. It's a sport, and it's the sport I have to say would be the easiest to do. I even have my own theory on how to do it. I've thought about it. I've mapped it out. I know how, I would know how to do it perfectly. Well, I went with Tim Donahue too, the disgraced referee. Mm. He bet on games that he officiated. By the way, Harry and I did this a decade earlier. We bet on games that we officiated. At least we bet each other. We, we officiated <laughs> the same game, so at least both teams had a chance. But served 15 <laughs> months in prison. And then Harry, he brings up other games that may have been fixed that he wasn't involved in, and the one that stood out. If he would have said any other game, everyone would have been like, ah, 2002 Lakers Sacramento. My God, mm-hmm. I think the Lakers went to the line like 21 times or something in the fourth quarter. And poor David Stern had a disaster on his hands. Uh, this Tim Donahue, they find out, is a degenerate. He owed money. I think he has a podcast now, which what, what happens to all of us degenerates. But yeah, I had Tim Donahue. I took the field two to one odds. Uh, Brother Bry, biggest sports cheating scandal for you. All right. Well, you guys think t- uh, Donahue is bad. You think, you know, Alex Cora seems like he might be the worst, but I'm going to go with something way off the board here. And I'm going to, you think those guys are bad. I'm going to say Rodney Dangerfield, which is, this is really weird, but hear me out. Look, in, Caddysh- in Caddyshack, right? He fakes an injury again, you know, and then Chevy Chase is able to pick Danny Noonan to help play for him. And then they end up winning, right? He wins a lot of money off of that. And Ladybugs, he has his stepson play for his girls' <laughs> soccer team, which, uh, right. We see a pattern here. And now yeah. the best the best one, I still think, is back to school. Right. I As Thornton it. Mellon. Right. He He's sitting in the stands. His son, who is a terrible diver. Um, well, actually, Johnny Lawrence fakes the injury. Right. They just call him out right. of the stands. There's no way Thornton Mellon's eligible to dive in that. And there's no way he's eligible. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So and then. So there's three che- cheating scandals. I don't know why he should have been suspended after Caddyshack. It should have never gotten to any of these other movies, but I'm going to give it to Roddy Dangerfield. Rest in well, peace, not, uh, you know, shouldn't be eligible as a team diver. That's a great point. Shouldn't be eligible because he's paying people to, to, to pass him at school too. He's got the, he's got the right, dean right. on the payroll. So right, exactly. shouldn't even really be a student there. You're right. That is going to be tough to top Rodney. Rodney trying to buy respect. He lied about Springsteen being out there for the so he could get his classes in. I remember. Yeah. Wait, what'd you you say, Harry? He lied about (laughs) Springsteen being outside concert tickets. When he was outside, all the students flocked outside so he could uh, get his classes in. There you go. All right, Jim Cunningham, fresh (laughs) off of dental surgery. You have a lot to choose from here. You can go uh, Sox Astros, Black Sox, Tanya Harding, Tiger Elon. Rick Patino recruiting scandals. Rosie Ruiz <laughs> jumps on a, a subway to finish the Boston Marathon. That was a steroids, spitballs, a- little leaguers <laughs> uh, overage. What are you going to take? I actually got uh, something else. 1988 WWF, the main event. Mm. Um, Andre the Giant defeats Hulk Hogan. <laughs> the referee counts to three, even though Hulk- Hogan's shoulder was up. Comes out that mm. million dollar man paid a guy to get plastic surgery to look like the referee. They had the real referee locked in the closet. Anytime <laughs> you can get a new referee in there with plastic surgery, I think that's the way to wow. go. Wow. Wow. That's good. Uh, you, I, you forget how bad the officiating was in the late 80s in the WWF back then. You're right. You're right. <laughs> they cleaned it up a little bit, but you're right, Jim. You brought up a good example. All right. Uh, that's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right. Sharp Tank, guys. We went over uh, a lot. There's the UFC fight, McGregor, Cerrone. We got the two uh, two big football games this weekend. I don't know, Harry. There's soccer. I know you put in some golf, although uh, people won't be able to bet that because they're listening tomorrow or Thursday or Friday. Harry, we'll start with you. Best bet. All right. I'm going to go uh, out of my element here, and I'm going to go with the UFC 246 in the Cerrone-McGregor uh, 
matchup, and I'm going to take over one and a half rounds at minus 125. Did a little investigating here. First off, I hope uh, Cerrone kills him because McGregor's a punk. Uh, But McGregor, last fight was in October of 2018, and he lost, and that went actually four rounds. It's the headline match. I think Cerrone wants to put up a great fight, put up a great show for the fans there. I think Conor might be a little rusty and take time to uh, get into it. I think Cerrone is a warrior, and he'll he'll hang, and it goes over one and a half rounds. you got to lay 125 is my best bet. All right, we're going to talk to uh, Dana White about that. Hopefully, hopefully. I know he does. He can't root, can't really pick winners. Maybe I could extract something from what he says to determine which way we should go here. By the way, Harry, you know the rounds for these are 12-minute 12, uh, 12 rounds for these fights, right? <laughs> all right forget i checked how many minutes they are i know it's Bro- brother brian what do you like what's your best bet um let me just say yeah i i don't know i don't know if i love that one the mcgregor serrani i might even bet mcgregor to win in the first round and in the second round just because serrani is a weird he's a weird fighter just because sometimes he's just not that smart in the ring and sometimes he'll just stand there and trade which is like the worst possible thing you could do against mcgregor so I don't know. I, I don't know if I love that one, but uh, mm. I'm going to go with something I talked about earlier. I'm going to go under shortest touchdown again, but in the Chiefs Titans game. Look, I mentioned some crazy stats earlier. Look, it's not out yet. It probably comes out Friday or Saturday and it's going to be uh, probably it'll probably be a little bit higher for this game. So it's probably going to be about you might have to lay like one f- minus 150. I'm thinking, but look, I told you earlier. Uh, the under one and a half is 25 and seven in the divisional round. But listen to the last seven years in the conference championship. It's 13 and one, which is even stupider. Um, it's also wow. six and oh in the last six playoff games for the Chiefs this year for the Titans games for the Titans games. It's 16 and two in the Titans game in the 18 games this year. Wow. So uh, which is crazy, right? Even though the one ca- caveat, if you're doing a little bit of research on this, for the Chiefs, it didn't hit in the last six regular season games, so it's a little weird there. Um, mm-hmm. But if, then, if you just factor in, if you just factor in Henry into these games, he has eight one-yard touchdowns in eighteen games just by himself. So I think just the odds here, you know, everything I've said, it's just for whatever reason, I don't know why it is, why it happens in the playoffs, why it happens in conference championships, but I love the under one and a half. I, I still think there's going to be a bunch, you know, usually when you pick the under one and a half, pick a game that you think there's it's going to be high scoring. Uh, the Chiefs are going to put up enough points. The Titans are going to have to try and match them. So I love it in this game. Absolutely love it. All right. Uh, Brother Brian, real quick with the McGregor fight, there are some good odds. You might want to check that the, the fight less, lasts uh, less than 90 seconds. You can get Ooh. really good, uh, nice uh, number Ooh. on that. Wow, those are really good numbers you threw out our way. All right, Harry going over one and a half rounds. Brian going under one and a half yards for sure. His touchdown parlay kid. Bounce back here. What do you like? Yeah, I'm going to bounce back here. So I'm taking Mahomes at plus 110 to have the most passing yards this week. Uh, you know, guy went over 300 last week. Only one of the, the, four, uh, the four remaining quarterbacks to do that. Rodgers was at 240 last week. Jimmy G was half of Rodgers, and uh, Tannehill was a, a third of what Rodgers did. That being said, we know Tannehill is probably going to put up more yards this week, but this all bodes well when you really look at it because Green Bay is 15th in, uh, versus the pass uh, on defense. Kansas City's 13th versus the pass. San Francisco's first versus the pass. Tennessee mm. is 24th versus the pass. So uh, you, you factor that in. And, you know, look, these teams are all running teams with the exception of the Chiefs, right? These all these other teams are run-first type of teams right now. Even the Packers have become really a little bit more balanced than the other two, but they're still like a run type of first team at this point. Uh, and uh, the Chiefs are not. So Mahomes in his sleep can throw for 300 yards. Uh, at plus 110, I think that's great value here. And um, that's pretty damn so good. With that. What did I say he did coming off that injury? 446 first game back off the knee injury against the Titans. Yeah, right. Oh, man, yeah, I exactly. think he wins that bet right. at, yep. at probably 330 or something, maybe even less. I don't know. Oh, man. Kind of like these. All right, Harry, I'm going to have to find out from Dana White if uh, what, what's going on with the rounds over one and a half, under one and a half. I don't want, I don't want to commit to anything like that. I'm, I'm picking between Brother Brian. Ask Bryce him who he likes in the football, too. He used, to bet at my, he used to bet football at my casino, too. What, who? Dana White? Oh, yeah. All right. 
I didn't, I didn't know. I had basis. no idea. I've known you all these years. I didn't know you had a casino. This is crazy. We'll talk about it after the show. Um, <laughs> oh, I like that Mahomes thing. Brother Brian, I'm going to go with you. Those numbers are crazy. Not 16 and two Titans games, uh, 16 games under a yard and a half. Uh, the, I, honestly, the, the biggest trouble with this is can you tackle Derrick Henry at the one yard line? That's, uh, I think that's going to be the problem. We're going to see him at the 35 break one. And then, uh, and then you're going to see, all right, is it going to go all the way? Is he going to get pushed out of bounds? Um, I'm going with you, brother Bry. Nice. With, uh, your best bet under one and a half. Chiefs Titans on the one and a half yards is the shortest touchdown. Jim, what do you got? $2 million. You know, I really liked brother Bry's thing too. But since all of my, everything I touch goes to crap, I would like to agree with Harry's pick just out of spite because he screws with my audio every week. So mm-hmm. there you go. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you're putting $2 million on Harry's bed. Yeah, yep. That's what he gets. Right, I don't know. That's what I don't you know get, if the uh, anesthesia's yep. worn off with you, Jim. Well, I'm not sure. Like, okay. I'm like that, that guy could from be a good one. Anything I touch just gets crap. Yeah, well, maybe you should change the ones back to eyes or, or back vice versa, whatever. <laughs> yeah, true. Maybe. Where are you on Twitter? Tell everyone. Uh, at Jim Cunningham, the eyes are ones. And January 25th, Tom Gunn Live. That's going to be fun. There we go. All right, Harry. What you, awesome. Harry, you're going to the doctor too right now, right? Going to the doctor right now. I went earlier today. Still don't have uh, any answers, but regardless of that, you can find me at AO. You can check out all my articles <laughs> on oddshark.com. I got a Tony Romo prop on there. Today. And you can also find all my picks and articles at bestbetcorner.com. Uh, my new radio show talking about sports and sports betting here in Phoenix. Uh, like I said, my sports gambling radio show is called Best Bet Corner. And it's on 1580 Fanatic in Phoenix every Monday at 6 p.m. Mountain. Bestbetcorner.com. There you go. So wait, you're going to see a different doctor, right? You, the, the, the one different in the morning didn't say come back at six o'clock, right? Did he? No, <laughs> no, but for, sort of for the same thing. I still don't have any answers. Just paying, just paying hospital bills left and right. Paul, like, like what's the latest doctor's appointment you've ever had? Is it? Um, I think mine has been like 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> Harry's going like it's... Uh, what kind of doctor is it? 6.30 here. Regular <laughs> regular, uh, regular physician. Okay. All right. Yeah. Barley kid, what about Late you? Late night. Boy. <laughs> so I'm at the Chalk Talker. Um, everything here, you know, just a lot of basketball going on right here uh, around the uh, Zicoli household. So... Um, my son, Matty, had his career high, Sal. He scored 17 in the varsity game the other day. And kudos to your son, Archie, for <laughs> kicking some butt on the wrestling match, uh, Matt, Sal. So uh, good for him. I think that should get a little mention here. I think you well, should like uh, I brought give it up a little on uh, Simmons podcast. My son, Archie, got flattened oh, his first five good. matches, gets a girlfriend. He wins four matches in a week. He wins a dual meet on Wednesday. Uh, yep. goes three and two in the, in the tournament and, uh, on Saturday and takes fifth. And the, he's a, he's a machine now. I don't know what's going on. This girlfriend <laughs> thing. It's really, uh, who, who would have known, oh, man, can't believe it. Oh, how she how loves does it. Melissa. Like the rest. She loves it. How does she like the girl? She reminds great. me a little of, uh, Aileen Sicoli. She's out there screaming. <laughs> like, just like mom there. It's a lot of yeah. fun for her. Uh, how she like the uh, girlfriend, Sal? Jealous of the girlfriend, though. That's for sure. Mm. Um, what's that, Harry? <laughs> how she like the girlfriend? Well, that's you know she you no know, one's good enough for her son. So I told her oh, like this is what I happens. Agree. Eventually, it's just me and you. This take a look, uh, brother Bry. Aside <laughs> from cashing in on your best bet, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, this week I am taking my little daughter. We're going to the Bucks Nets game. She's uh, you know she's a front runner. So she used to love Steph Curry. Now she loves Giannis. So uh-huh. I decided I'd take her to that game. Um, what you could do, if you don't mind, maybe asking Dana, I know, uh, Parley Ken and I keep looking into, uh, whether or not we should go to, well, we should go to the Khabib Ferguson fight on April 18th. We've tried to go to that before and it, uh, oh, yeah. that fight has been canceled multiple times. So we've tried to do that. Hopefully it happens this time, but maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe Dana can hook us up. Right. Uh, but Sal, Sal, with the wrestling, do you do you practice with Archie at all, or or do you just? Like- I feel like I can't do a lot. I don't know why. I just uh, first of all, I get tired after right. twenty five <laughs> seconds. It's really, really, really embarrassing. Um, uh, other than that, I like I like to teach a li- just a few tricks. Like if you're out of bounds, and ju- just like how to how to straddle that and the things that I never did when I was a wrestler. But you know, if there's ten seconds left and the guy's about to escape, you know, use the out of bounds to your advantage or don't get turned with, with, you know, just 
little tricks here and there that I know of that I didn't implement in my uh, illustrious career. But why? You think I should work with him? I'm, I'm also no, way yeah. No, well, that's what I was thinking. It's because you know, I, I, it's funny because I had the older brothers, but I never really wrestled with Darren. And I, when I wrestled with John, he just let me win, so it didn't really help me at all. So right. Um, but yeah. <laughs> And then what about, your, what about your dad? He would just instruct, uh, he would just instruct you, right? Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. Like we would go over moves like in the living, on the living room floor. I remember that all the time. We'd be working on like switches and different, th but there's so many, so many more moves nowadays. I mean, now it's just a lot of scrambling of different, like for the wrestling. It's so, it's so different now. Like yeah, you have to just, be super flexible. Funk, yeah. I don't even know if I could do it anymore. So really, um, yeah, but it's. Well, well Bry, last time funny. I was at Sal's, I showed Sal's uh, middle son how to apply the figure four leg lock. So now he knows. <laughs> they can't do that. That's not one of the moves that they added, the figure four. Uh, hey, I'll say that I wanted to ask you, Parlay Kid, is it, and I'm, I'm probably way behind uh, with this, but when two kids wrestle each other in a tournament from the same school, getting very creative as to how they decide who yeah. wins. I've seen a lot of good flops, a lot of. Um, crazy hijinks you know like uh it must drive the referees crazy but yeah. a, everything's choreographed yeah you know it seems you're right i think that's kind of now uh, it seems to happen more often than it mm -hmm. uh than it used to i mean you remember uh you almost battled uh, our friend right. uh, john finken in a match uh that would not finken have been choreographed out right? right like something happened on the and 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 you versus Finken, everybody wanted to see that match. That would have been fantastic. So is that the, is that the biggest happened. regret of your life? Because uh, who knows like what well, like, you have to look back on one thing you want. Like not that <laughs> that not that there was anything you could do, but if there was one thing in your life you wanted to do, it was kick the crap out of Finken. It would have been fun. And Parley Kid says everyone wanted to see that. You know who didn't want to see that? John Finken, and that's why he DDT'd himself. He did him. He, you know how to take a guy down. You know, you know, you should know the technique. You don't bull rush him, let him uh, overhook the head and drive you into the uh, the wood floor there. He was out, out cold. I couldn't have even wrestled him three weeks later. He was out of it. And now he's stupid for life. It's very sad. <laughs> I make thinking a 240 favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finkin's he tough. was tough. He, could, he, he did his he's best work fighting. on the uh, Robert Moses uh, Causeway when he'd, he'd fight people in traffic uh, <laughs> leaving true. the beach. Uh, all right. Hey, let's take a break <laughs> real quick. We're going to talk to Dana White. Hang on a second. 2020 is finally here, and the new year brings the best events in sports. NFL Conference Championship Sunday is coming up and the NBA is getting into full swing. And if you're as excited as we are about the best sports month of the year, then you'll want to make sure you enjoy all the action on FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of The Ringer. FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one online sportsbook for a reason. They've got all the bets you could want. They've got a great, easy-to-use app, new promotions every day. And once you win, they get you your cash fast. And if you've been holding out on trying FanDuel Sportsbook, then now's the time because right now, FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new users their first bet risk-free. That means you can place any bet within seven days of signing up and FanDuel Sportsbook will refund you up to 500 bucks in site credit if you don't win. Brother Bry, give him a tip. I'm using my free bet on the Chiefs-Titans game, and I'm betting Derrick Henry to have 100 yards rushing and a touchdown at plus 150, which you can find in the Parlay Prop section on FanDuel Sportsbook. Over his last three games, Henry has 588 yards rushing and four TDs, and in seven of his last eight games, he's had 100 yards and a touchdown. So take Henry plus 150 to have 100 yards and a touchdown. Thank you, Brother Bry. When was the last time your bookie gave you a do-over? Didn't think so. Claim your risk-free first bet, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app from the iOS App Store or visit fanduel.com slash android. And be sure to use promo code ODDS so they know we sent you. That's promo code ODDS to get your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older, present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Indiana. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires 14 days after receipt. Terms and restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net or in Indiana, call 1-800-9 
with it. All right, welcome back to Against All Odds this Saturday night. T-Mobile Arena, Conor McGregor, Cowboy, Donald Cerrone. Good one, really good one. All part of a very solid UFC card. And on the line right now, the, the man responsible for putting it all together, president of UFC, the real godfather of MMA, if you ask me, and Las Vegas native Dana White. Thanks for coming on Against All Odds, Dana. Thanks for having me. Yeah, before we get started, you went to high school with my cousins uh, Ann, Sally, and Mickey, I think, right? My cousin Jimmy went to Clark. You went to Gorman. Yeah. Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sal, <laughs> Sally and Mickey. I went to school with Sally and Mickey. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're both close friends of mine growing up. Excellent. Yes, they speak fondly of you, and, you know, they are... I look at back at pictures. They are single-handedly responsible for killing the ozone layer. I, they have pictures of them with uh, Tony Orlando <laughs> and Lovelace Watkins, all sorts of uh, local Vegas celebrities. But um, <laughs> did you uh, did you get that? Was that that was the hair era, right back then? Oh yeah, that that was yeah that was that was how all the girls uh, did their hair back in those days. <laughs> and I don't know if you know their their mother was Aunt Chippy who. She would have dominated in the uh, in the MMA back then. I don't know if you saw the pranks Jimmy and I play on her over the years, but she is a true warrior. That, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, I never met their mom, um, but uh, yeah, they, they were they, they were great kids, man. I, I I love those girls. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to introduce you because she's a, a real character. Um, speaking of elderly warriors, I want to get this out of the way. Judo Gene Labelle is a, a good friend of mine. He's labeled the godfather of grappling. He was like a father figure to Rowdy Roddy Piper, who I was close with. Um, I've done hidden camera bits with Judo Gene. I just, I want to tell you on his behalf, I want to thank you. He sat with me many times and told me how much it means to him that you've created this forum for fighters to showcase their talents. So thank you uh, from Judo Gene and myself. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, he's a stud. And he's super close to Ronda Rousey, too. Right. Right, of course. He trained her. You know, I don't know if you saw it, but you can look on YouTube. He's part of the first televised, what's considered the first televised MMA match in America, 1963. He took on uh, Milo Savage and beat him. It took a few rounds, but he beat him. That was a light heavyweight champ, I believe. Yeah, no, that's that's incredible. That was good. Now, the, the sport, it's so, what you've created, so pure and so great. You know, honestly, like if everyone passes their drug tests and no one backs out because of an injury... You have like the competition at its highest level. What was your, you grew up in Vegas. How, what was your favorite fight growing up? Oh God, my favorite fight growing up. You, you had to, you had to love uh, Hagler versus Leonard. Yeah. It was my senior year of high school. It, it was, it was a massive fight. And, um, you know, the fight that everybody wanted to see for so long. And then, and then every Tyson fight, I was the biggest Mike Tyson fan ever. Oh Yeah. He was great. He was so ferocious and you never knew what you, well, you do, you did know what you were going to get with him every time he stepped in the ring and he had his opponents beaten like half the time before the, the bell even sounded right. Oh yeah. The, the mental warfare that Tyson laid on people was next level, man. He, 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 people were terrified of that guy. He was literally the scariest human being walking the face of the earth. You would have done, you would have had a field day with him because you would have matched him up. I don't, and I don't even, even Tyson a little past his prime, you, you could have written him a big check. And my God, can you imagine what you would have matched him up with back then if, uh, if the MMA and UFC was around? What is the fight you would have loved to promote it? Which one's the one that got away? Was it Fedor and Lesnar? Yeah, yeah. That, that was the fight. It was the only fight I never made. It, mm -hmm. was, it was the only fight that, uh, you know, that I had actually tried to make but didn't. Yeah, that would have been a nice one to see. Uh, Connor, such a great draw, but so unpredictable. Uh, a week like this, are you on pins and needles leading up to the Connor fight? Like, are you worried that um, he's going to toss a nun into a pinball machine? I imagine you have an app that follows his every move this week, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, he's been absolutely amazing this week, though. I mean, he's been on time for everything. You know, you can tell he's happy and in a good place. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been great this week. And and even when things get crazy, I mean, let's not forget, I'm in the fight business. You know, the fight business is is a crazy business anyway. So I don't think anybody does a better job at, at, at dealing with and rolling with the craziness than, than me and my crew, my staff. Absolutely. And I saw at the press conference yesterday, so these guys are nose to nose for the stare down and anything could happen at any time. And then when they broke away without incident, you, uh, there was a, uh, a sign of relief. I, I, you seemed relieved, right? That nothing crazy happened. 
<laughs> yeah, listen, I, I when, when I'm in the middle there, it's uh, I, I like when nothing happens. It's it's, uh, it's an easy day for me. Absolutely. You know, I wish I had talked to you yesterday because they have odds on, you know, what some of the things that could take place at the uh, press conference. Would Connor hurl an insult at Cowboys family? Would anything be thrown? Would he wear a suit? I wish we could have made a lot of money off of some of this. I didn't even know that. Where were those odds online or at one of the casinos? Yeah, no, they're online. It's all offshore stuff that, you know, they don't let you get rich off of it, but it would have been uh, would have been fun to make a few dollars. But no, it was an interesting press conference, unlike most others. Like Connor was like laughing at at Cowboys playful taunts and and Cowboy was in silhouette as if he was uh, ratting out a mobster. It was it was fun to watch, actually. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely. Listen, when you have Connor McGregor, the press conference, the weigh ins and the fight are all fun. Yeah, absolutely. It's he's a whole total package. Now I know you're not going to pick a winner because you can't root, but uh, Connor is a minus three hundred favorite. Uh, Cerrone plus two fifty. That's gone down a little. It was a little higher heading into the week. Um, the the most popular result, the one that everyone's expecting, or at least the odds makers are expecting, least surprising is that Connor KO KO Cerrone in round one or two. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, the, the disrespect shown to Cowboy leading up to this fight is unbelievable, man. This guy has been around forever. He's broke most of our records, um, including most head kick knockouts and things like that. He can punch, elbow, knee, kick, and his ground game is unbelievable. For him to be a three-and-a-half-to-one underdog at 170 pounds is insane to me. But let's not forget, Connor has that one-punch knockout power. So anything right. is possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I was looking at like uh, Cowboy, like his last two fights. All right, he's lost his last two, but against Gaethje and what was it, Ferguson? Like two of the toughest, the, the biggest hitters in the game, right? You're absolutely right. I mean, people are talking about that he's lost two in a row. He lost to number one and he lost to number three. So it's not like, you know, he's just out there and he lost a couple of fights. He's lost to the absolute top, you know, two of the best top three guys in the world. Right. All right. Now, listen, I... I know you don't need to make money, but I do. Now, here's some interesting thing. I saw a prop online. Both fighters are deducted a point is 110 to 1. I feel like you could be influential in something like this. <laughs> uh, there's no way that happens. No, I know. No, there's no way unless you, you know, you have a talk with the referees and say, hey, we're going to figure something out here, right? You're not willing to do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> So we're regulated by the government. The government brings in and the referees and stuff like that. So I don't even talk to the referees. Oh, the government. So the I, government if I were has you, to I, if I were you, I'd skip that bet. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll skip that. Hey, I want to point out, you uh, you made news recently. The Best Buy employee that, uh, that uh, you know, manhandled or woman-handled, in this case, a shoplifter, got fired. I thought that was unreasonable, too. But you did a nice thing. Tell everybody what you did. Yeah, so she actually, she, it's online, this girl that works at Best Buy, this guy was coming in and stealing for the second time. She saw him, ran to the front door, and basically just keeps, you know, plow, you know slamming this guy, puts him through a cubicle, right. and uh, he doesn't get away. Then they both get up, she gets right in his face and tells him to get out of there, and she ends up losing her job over that. And uh, my thing was... You know, those are the type of people that need to be celebrated, people that are so passionate about their work that they go out, you know, and, and will actually stop this guy from stealing. I love her. She's awesome. I'm flying her in. She actually gets into Vegas today, and uh, I'm rock starring her this weekend. I'm giving her tickets to the Connor fight, giving her some spending money, putting her up in a, in a hotel, um, sending her to some shows and some dinners. She's going to have the best weekend of her life. Uh, that's awesome. That's a good job by you. And I will say that, you know, there were jokes made like the way she, the way she, her form and everything, you know, I don't know. Amanda Nunez may have to get, go up and wait, but this would be, this might not be bad. Might not be a bad promotion down the road, right? <laughs> She's a badass man. And, uh, and my, my head of PR here has talked to her several times and says she has the best personality and she's, she's, she's a fun kid. So I, I'm, uh, I'm really, Oh, Oh, and by the way, Every celebrity that's coming here this weekend wants to meet her. I believe it. I believe it. That has gone viral. If you haven't to just look up uh, 
Best Buy shoplifter on, on uh, you'll find it. It's gone viral. The clip. She really. There's been jokes made that the Bengals should consider passing on Joe Burrow the way uh, with her form, the way she takes this dude down. It was excellent. Well, and you're doing a great thing. That was nice of you taking her out there. It's this Saturday night. It's T-Mobile Arena. Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone. Part of a great card. UFC 246. Dana, thanks for coming on against all odds. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. And uh, tell your cousins I said hi. I sure will. Take care, pal. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. See me on Lock It In, FS1, 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern. I'll be the one wearing the crown. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live, 11.35 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the degenerate trifecta heel producer Jim Cunningham and the great Dana White. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na, na, na.